I would say if there was room for a sign on the wall in your office, I would like for that sign to say, if I'm doing the work, I'm falling behind. And if there was room on another wall in your office, I would like for that sign to say, the less I do, the more I make. Today, we're talking all about how to train your brain for a better mindset. Mindset push-ups, anyone? Uh-huh. We're going to get into it. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, helping home professionals, industry influencers, and creatives accelerate their business through an improved social media presence by translating digital influence into physical success. Whether your focus is interior design, travel and tourism, or hospitality, this is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla, Jethro, Powell, and I am joined by Natalie Surly Graff. Natalie, how the hell are you? Uh, that's a loaded question today, Darla. It is a load. We had a day yesterday, right? Yes, we did. So bad. It's 2020 can just go pound sale. <laughs> I don't think you can actually say on air what you really want 2020 to do, but oh, there's that. My beloved dog, my McDuff, who I've had for, gosh, I, well, I'm going on 12 years. And when I adopted him, he was nine months. We had to say goodbye to him yesterday, put him to rest. He developed some kind of lung condition and it just was not getting any better and he was suffering and oh, what a rough freaking day. I think my favorite story when I met you is how you got McDuff. And when you picked him up from the Humane Society, you were still a popo then. I was, and, yeah, uh, I was a police officer. You were still yeah. a, a popo and you told me, you said, yeah, you know, in the county ordinances is no personal animals inside a county vehicle. And you told me, I went to pick him up in my green and white. And the green and white is the police yes, car. Yes, that's a yeah. police car. And he says, that little <laughs> rode in the back window the whole way home so everybody could see him. So there was really no hiding that you have a dog in your county car. <laughs> I was getting high fives, honks. What a cute boy. Yeah, he'd like to ride in the back window up on that ledge with, you know, the cruiser, the old Ford Crown Victorias, if uh, Crown Vicks. He liked to ride in anything. I remember when I saw him, I went up to the Humane Society to adopt a dog and they were doing a, an advertisement, a commercial for the Humane Society that day. They had him all dolled up and he had his little neckerchief on and he was on a commercial and I, I saw him. I'm like, him. He's the one. They put me in a room with him and that was it. It was love at first sight. And he's been my sweet dog. <laughs> yes, he's going to be since. missed. Our oh. boys are looking for him for sure. But yeah. it happens and that's part of life in 2020. And 2020 can really just go put a stick up its butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what was a- what was the other meme? I read something about staying up till midnight just to make sure 2020 leaves. Oh, on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. I, I, I said this year, as hard as it's been, it's been a really incredibly hard year. But on the other hand, on the flip side, it's also been an amazing year. We have Rex Rogosh, who's our new creative director at DPI. We have Elise. We have a kick-ass team in place. We have a kick-ass team at Wingnut. And these businesses are really coming together. And I see nothing but great things for the future. But then, you know, you and I, I have had some personal stuff going on this year. And then McDuff. And then, so I've had some personal family issues this year. It's just like, what a, what a growth challenge this year has been. Yeah, I think you you asked me, how do you just keep going? And I guess my words were one foot in front of the other. That's really the only way too. Yeah, for sure. So today, of course, we're going to talk about mindset. <laughs> hey, I think that's probably a really good idea, though, because lately it seems like we need it. Our producer, uh, Olivia Massimillo, and I, we had a, uh, a talk with today's guest, Jared Hanning, and he said, yeah, I do this thing called mindset push-ups. And you know me, I like to work out. You know, I mean, I like to do push-ups anyway at the ripe old age of 52. So I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I want you to tell, I want you to tell my listeners all about what the hell could a mindset push-up be? But before we get into that... We have our little mini news sesh. For today's social media mini news sesh, TikTok is not down for the count. TikTok just teamed up with Shopify. They announced this partnership recently. And what this means for you guys is if you have a Shopify shop, you can go in there and straight from your Shopify dashboard, create TikTok ads and ad campaigns for people over there on the TikToks. Yeah, and TikTok did this because they obviously want to be competitive with all the other platforms. Mm -hmm. And it actually will provide businesses a new way to grow their revenue and brand presence on TikTok. So it's like you said back, I don't 
don't know how long ago that it's not just for the teeny boppers anymore. No, this is setting up the springboard to buy things directly from TikTok. So it's not there yet. It really is just creating the ad and the, and the awareness, the brand awareness at TikTok to lead them back to your Shopify account. Can I ask a question here? Like maybe from legitimacy here. Can you raise so, your hand? Raise okay, your... I got my hand raised. So you in the back. Uh, Mrs. Space Cadet that we recently interviewed a few episodes ago has her shirts that what the struggle bus and the struggle mm-hmm. runs and all of this. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me so I can put this in my Amish brain that if Mrs. Space Cadet creates those TikToks with her shirts and her apparel and the things that she has to sell, that now it can link right back to her account and she can just like a button and scrape up lists and that and she can sell everything right from tiktok that's my understanding right wow but not it's not like they'll be able to purchase from tiktok though they will have to go off the app to her shopify store so what they're thinking is that this is leading the way to eventually having shoppable tiktok with this partnership with shopify for me what this says is one of two things tiktok is definitely doesn't plan on going anywhere and shopify is a huge vote of confidence from Shopify to partner up with TikTok because we still don't, you know, ostensibly we had until November 12th to see what TikTok status was going to be in the United States. Right now, it's still open, still active, still running strong. So, And also the e-commerce businesses that are already on Shopify, it's no big deal. They can add TikTok right to their account and they can create, run and manage their ad campaigns all in one spot. Yeah. There you go. So if you're selling uh, little doodads or furniture or things like that on your shop, I'm telling you, the interior design space on TikTok is huge. It's huge. It's tremendous. It's a tremendous space. (laughs) All right, Natalie, let's talk about today's guest. Yes, let's talk about these mindset push-ups because I think you and I need to knock out a few. I think I need to do some mindset sit-ups, some mindset (laughs) mindset squats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me too. I haven't really been able to get back into working out. I don't know what the hell happened. I do. I worked out today. I actually did. I have you a really did? good workout on my mirror. I did. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. So let's tell you a little bit about Jared Hanning. First of all, I'm very impressed with this. And I'll, I'll say this in his bio too. He's done four TED Talks. Do you even know what a TED Talk I is? I do. I think that's something that you aspire to do. It is. That's like the holy grail for public speaking is if you've done a TED Talk. It's like, ooh, he's ooh. done a TED Talk. Okay. Aren't you special? Jared Hanning is an award-winning speaker, has been featured on ABC's Nightline, spoken on stages all across the country, and has clients all across the world. He's delivered four TEDx Talks related to mindset performance and has been chosen by TED Global as the featured speaker of the week. Wow. He specializes in a Nobel-nominated process that teaches you how to think at a higher level and allows you to access different parts of your brain on demand. As a result of this training, most of his clients go on to double their income by purposefully <laughs> Wait, how's that purposefully. word? Working. It should be purposefully, maybe. Right? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> working half as many hours. Ooh. All right, Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Jared Hanning to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Jared Hanning. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Ah, uh, I am the hell great. <laughs> Oh, I like that one. Jared the Hell Great. That's his Dungeons and Dragons character. <laughs> Jared, in the pre-show here, Natalie and I were talking a little bit about mindset, what we're going to go into today. So tell us just a little bit about your experience and why you're such an expert at mindset. We teased the audience for the push-up thing, no more towards the end. I'm dying to learn what that's all about. But tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how the, our mindset episode is going to help the audience listening. In my world, mindset is different from attitude, is different from personality. Mindset is different from rose-petaled glasses, is different from positive thinking. In my world, mindset is a strategy. It is a specific way of thinking that generates a specific result. And the difference is if you were to go to a life coach because your life wasn't working, uh, the life coach would say, oh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think you should do? But what you think you should do is what has you in the situation to start with. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Right. If you go see a strength coach, you hire a strength coach because you want to complete a marathon or complete a triathlon or whatever the reason is, you go see a strength coach. They do not say, oh, I don't know. What exercise do you think we should do today? No. They say, do three of these, do two of those over there, come back and see me tomorrow. 
And that's why you get predictable, clean, measurable results. That's the difference of going to a performance coach versus a life coach. I am not disparaging life coaching. It certainly plays a role in many situations. I just wanted to provide the distinction for the framework of our conversation, what makes the work I do in mindset differently. But to answer your question, possibly more clearer, my background is as a classical musician. I was principal viola with the South Carolina Philharmonic. The reason I bring that up is because when you're engaged in making music, whether you are driving and singing to the radio while you're driving down the road or clapping your hands while you're at a concert, in that moment that you are engaged in the creation of music, you're using more different parts of your brain than any other time of your life. This is well documented with MRI studies, and this is a sharp contrast with athletic performance. The better your body is performing athletically, the less of your brain you're using. It goes into kind of a quiet meditative state. And the reason is it can't afford to take up glucose. That glucose needs to be going to the muscles. This does not mean that music is better than athletics. It does not mean that music is better for your brain than athletics. Um, They both serve a very important role. What it does mean, though, is that if you could access different parts of your brain on demand, it would shift your level of resourcefulness and innovation when it comes to solving problems of your life. That would get you out of the hamster wheel that you're currently on, where you're working harder and faster, but you keep hitting the same obstacles. Don't have enough time, don't have enough money, don't have the right kind of support, whatever it is. It would get you off that hamster wheel because effectively you would be thinking at a higher level and coming up with far more effective solutions. So that's a little bit about the work that I do in Mindset. And um, here shortly, we will dive into some specific applications. Also, you know what I had in my mind? There's this meme, this video I saw, the the hamster's on the hamster wheel and he's running, running, running like crazy. And his partner hamster comes over and stops the wheel and he just shot off. I'm like, I admit I'm kind of sometimes in that little hamster wheel thing and I would like to get shot off to the rest of the enclosure there and uh, learn some of these techniques. Jared, Darla always talks about working smarter, not harder kind of thing. And from what I have here is you actually are against that phrase, that you don't really particularly care for the phrase working smarter. Can you elaborate on that and give me a little insight on that? Because I've heard it from the fire department, too. So (laughs) what what are your thoughts? Uh, My thoughts on working smarter, not harder, is that it is deceptively dangerous, misleading advice. It is a truism. A truism are things that sound wise, but upon further (laughs) examination, they are in fact empty. Working smarter, not harder is a truism. It sounds like a good idea. It makes a lot of sense. It certainly seems like it's the kind of thing we should be doing and the kind of thing that's going to produce results. Got so much to say about this. On one level, it's like praising your kids for being smart. I'm proud of you. You're so smart. They get good grades from school. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You're so smart. This is like kneecapping your own children. And the reason is being smart isn't something you have control over. You cannot be more smart and get more love. You have no control over it. And this is why kids who are praised, I'm so proud of you, you're smart, they grow up to be quitters. They approach a task, and if they cannot do it perfectly the very first time, they won't touch it. However, I'm proud of you. I can tell you worked really hard on this is different. You can, in fact, work harder. You have control over that. So on this level, we have this idea that smart isn't something you have control over. You can't like be more of it. Now let's take a look at why working smarter, as as much as it sounds like a great idea, and as much as it, it seems helpful, is deceptively dangerous. There are three reasons that you are stuck in the situation you are. Don't have enough time, don't have enough money, don't have the kind of right support and relationships or staff or whatever it is. There are three things that are going on. Number one, you are currently doing everything you know to do. Like you're not a slacker. If there was something else you could be doing, you'd already be doing it, right? So what that means is, Working harder isn't going to make a difference, or it would have by now. Number two, everything that you're doing seems like a good idea. It's reasonable, it's rational, logical, well thought out. What that means is working smarter 
won't make a difference, or it would have by now. Number three, the breakthrough in your situation, the thing that will fundamentally shift your experience with having enough free time, having enough money, having the right quality relationships, the thing that will actually make a difference will at first sound like a bad idea. If it made sense to do, you'd already be doing it. And the brain cannot think of what doesn't make sense. So the advice, you need to work smarter, not harder, just has somebody working harder at coming up with more ideas that already make sense. If you can recall when you were uh, five years old and you're learning to ride a bicycle and and they just took off the training wheels and uh, you're a little wobbly. You don't have balance yet. You're afraid to put a, you know, put, put a foot down, but you don't want to crash because that sucks. And in that state where you're wobbly and you don't have it right, your well-meaning, well-intentioned Crazy Aunt Jenny comes by with some advice for you. And Crazy Aunt Jenny says, what you need to do is go faster because when you go faster, it's easier to balance. And you think to yourself, I, this is why they call her Crazy Aunt Jenny because that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. If I can't balance going slow, how is going, I mean, that's reckless, that's irresponsible. That's a terrible idea, Crazy Aunt Jenny. And then notice what happened the day that you did go faster. Maybe you were distracted. Who knows what happened? Maybe your dad pushed you a little too hard and you felt balance inside your body. And the instant you felt balance, I mean, the first time you only felt it for like a second or two, but the instant you felt it, your brain clicked. And you had this aha moment in your brain as your brain went, oh my gosh, this is what she was talking about. Now I get it. Okay, this is an important distinction. Before you had the felt experience, no amount of explanation made a difference. After you had the felt experience, no amount of explanation was needed. And this is why the advice, you need to work smarter, not harder, is deceptively dangerous. Okay. Now, this rang with me on a lot of levels. First of all, when I was young, I was always the smart one, right? And I quit so much. <laughs> Just when you said that, you're like, this is why, you know, you have that issue when you you're younger. You didn't hear a gasp when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I quit everything I started because of the pressure of it not going to be perfect. And when you said that, that instead, I, I you know, I admire the tenacity and how the hard work you put into that, what a difference that would have made <laughs> me hearing that, which is something I do now. But even now I sit with that a little bit. If it can't be perfect or, you know, I I get down on myself, I still do it, but I'll get down on myself for the lack of perfection or for making mistakes. That really struck home with me. And also crazy Aunt Jenny, not so crazy, right? She actually, there was something to her. How do we get these little nuggets of crazy aunt? Was it Jenny? It was Jenny, right? Crazy (laughs) Aunt Jenny. If we... If we don't even know where to look, you know, who's stepping in is crazy Aunt Jenny. And this is, I guess we're going to get to the mindset exercises. How do we get this insight into these new paradigms of things that we're not familiar with to get that felt balance? So that is the key, is felt experience. Because the feeling in your body is what taps in and opens up the way of thinking. Remember, mindset is a specific strategically placed way of thinking that produces a measurable result. That felt experience in your body is what opens up that new way of thinking so that you can understand what Crazy Aunt Jenny was saying from Crazy Aunt Jenny's perspective. And the problem when we're stuck in life and friends and family come by to give us advice is you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle which is why them on the outside saying, hey, I bet if you did this, it would make a difference, shows up as a bad idea Mm. because you cannot see the label. And the way we fix that is by literally getting out of your head. Wait a minute. That sounds scary. Doesn't it though, right? (laughs) Doesn't it though? Um, We've got to get you out of the bottle, out of the jar, so you can see the label. When you're in a corn maze and you get to the end of the row, you're not sure if you should go left or right. One strategy is run the rows faster because you'll get to the end of a row quicker. You can make more decisions and eventually you'll get out faster. That is a strategy. And that's kind of the strategy that we employ in life. Something isn't working. Well, let me just do more of it faster. But if you're driving and you feel like you're lost, driving faster doesn't fix being on the wrong road. You have to stop and look at the map. So rather than running faster in the corn maze, stand on a ladder. If I put you on a ladder, you can see the whole maze. And in a split second, 
your brain has that bicycle aha moment. You go, oh my gosh, why didn't I see that before? Oh, wow, it makes so much sense. Now, that sounds obvious. That sounds like, well, duh, of course. Here's what's not so obvious. The difference between work harder and faster, I'm not sure which way to go. I tried that way last time. And oh my gosh, painfully clear. What's not obvious is that the difference between those is about three feet. That is the power of changing your altitude of perspective. And that's what I mean by thinking at a higher level. So earlier I said, the terrifyingly scary statement of we've got to get you out of your own head. When you go see a doctor, the doctor doesn't say, well, here, take three of these pills and let me know what happens. The doctor says, I have no idea what's going on with you. So we're going to take you down the hallway and print up an MRI. And with that data, we'll know where to start. Well, in the work that we do, we map out your thinking patterns. We've got a Nobel nominated process that does this. And by getting your thinking patterns mapped out, we're able to get you out of your head and onto the paper. Because once it's out of your head, you're able to see the label. You're able to see where the blind spots were that were tripping you up. A blind spot is something that makes sense. Back to that, work smarter, not harder. A blind spot is something that makes sense on the surface, but the fact that it makes sense is why it has you continuing to run into that obstacle. We're able to see the blind spots. We're able to see the breakthroughs that are waiting for you, things that your mind just simply hasn't seen yet. Um, By the way, the fact that you have a mind means you have blind spots because uh, the physical construct creates the blind spots, just like your car, right? There's no way out of it. So we get that mapped out. We're able to see where to start. And then it becomes a matter of, is that a place that you want to go? Like, I know that you keep hitting the same obstacles and hurdles, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, whatever it is. Would you like to fix that? Because now that we have the latter view of the corn maze, you know exactly the path to get there. But to get there, we got to like climb back down the ladder and still go through the maze, right? So that's where the mindset pushups come in. Yes. Okay. So wait, so before we go on there, so I'm assuming that you were talking about a mind scan. Yes. So let's get into some pushups and some, let's start working out here because I, when going back to your analogy about going to the gym and you don't pick your exercises, I would just do little Debbie cake curls. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So what I want to get at is if we don't have the ability right now to to sit in an MRI and do a mind scan, I want to know how can we get on that proverbial ladder and see the forest for the trees. So so let's start with the mindset push-ups and, and tell us some skills here to help us get out of our own head. Yeah. And you're right. There is a difference. Uh, taking the mind scan, having your thinking patterns mapped out shows your breakthrough map and shows which mindset push-ups you could benefit from the most. But doing the mindset push-ups is ultimately what creates that benefit. It's just a matter of taking the guesswork out of which pill to take, if you will. Okay, I am going to do my best to describe this, but keep in mind, and this is my huge disclaimer up front, you're asking me to describe what it's like riding a bicycle. And this is the danger, because I explain a particular type of mindset push-up, a certain category of them, and you leave understanding. If you had never ridden a bicycle before, if you guys are listening, driving down the road, and you imagine that you had never ridden a bicycle before, so you go to a class on bicycle riding, and you watch a demonstration by the teacher, and you watch videos of other people, and and you listen to a lecture, and you take lots of good notes, and at the end, you pass this wonderful written test, and you get a perfect score, and you get a certificate. You would leave the class under the impression that you did, in fact, know how to ride a bicycle because you got all the answers right. You had all the right understanding, but you don't. There is only one thing that is riding a bicycle, and that is you personally getting on the bike and screwing it up until you get it right. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so we will take that under advisement while you try to explain. Yes, yes. While I I try to explain what it's like riding a bicycle, because this is what happens. (laughs) This is what happens. People will get their thinking patterns mapped out. They will have this incredible experience where like, oh my gosh, now I get it. That makes more sense than anything ever before. How do I fix it? How do I go from here? I see the path now. I haven't seen this path before. How do I go from here to there? Okay, this is what gets you there. And they slip into knowing. Oh yeah, yeah, I understand how that works. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Oh yeah, it's just like this thing over. No, it's not. Because if it was, you would already have it. This isn't shopping for a new shirt. 
where you say, well, I'm not looking for a green shirt. Well, I don't like long sleeves. Well, I don't like floral print. We're not asking you to like the shirt. We're asking you to try it on. And after you have put it on, tell us how it feels. That's what the mindset pushup is like. So here's an example. Now, remember, remember, whatever you're going through in life, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Well, I got to tell you, after 2020, I'm going to be a totally changed woman. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so here is an example of a type of exercise that if you will push through, will rewire the way your mind thinks. Okay, so let's, let's imagine that you are a business owner. And because you're a business owner, you have some metrics. This is the average number of clients you serve every month. This is the average number of products you ship every month. You've got some metrics. Let's say that you're in real estate. And on average, you attend four closings a month. You are either by helping somebody to buy or sell a house four times a month. You sit at the closing table. The first step is we're going to add a zero so it becomes 40 closings a month. And I want you to put together a plan that would allow you to do 40 closings a month. It has to be a realistic, workable plan. So many people say, well, you know, if I hustle this and scrap together that and grind through that, then, you know, next month I might could do five. And then maybe in six months, I might could do six. And then, you know, then I hire an assistant and maybe, you know, we can get to 10. And if I do this and this and this and this and this, eventually we can get to 20. And, and they can foresee that if we go four years out in the future and we had the right staff and the right team and we had delegated and done all this stuff, that eventually we'd get to 40 a month. Okay, that's great. Or maybe they break down. They say, well, I can't do that. In order to do that, I would have to have all this extra money to do Facebook ads or to do bandit signs or to do billboards. And, and I don't have the money. Well, then that's not an option. And the challenge is it has to be a realistic plan, taking into consideration your current resources. So then they're back to the long haul and they're like, well, I could do this, that, and the other. And eventually we'll get there in four years. Okay. Now I want you to do it in 30 days. Go from four closings to 40 closings in the next 30 days. And they crash. They're like, it can't be done. No, no, it can't be done with your current strategies and your current way of thinking. But there are plenty of people who do it all across the country. It's just that what they do doesn't make sense to you because it seems like a bad idea. So how could it be done in 30 days? And they say, well, it's impossible. There's not enough time for me to show enough houses. You're right. You're right. There's not. So you showing enough houses is not a solution. How else can it be done? How else can we get that many houses shown? Gosh, I'd have to have a team. Oh, oh my gosh, you're right. You certainly would. <laughs> but, but, but I don't have enough leads. There has to be leads, people wanting houses to be seen, and they have to know about me. And, and I just don't have enough time to go to that many networking events to drum up that much business. I don't have enough money to send out that many flyers. I don't have enough money to do that many bandit signs. Or You're right, you don't have that much money. So that's not an option. How else can we get your message in front of that many people? Now, now let's do a little bit of math. Okay, let's say that um, on average, you go to four networking events a month, and on average, you get one new client a month. So in order to do 40 new clients a month, you would have to do, what's the math? 400 networking events a month? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. Okay, so you're like, let's Good say that's that. the math. I'm, I'm a musician. And you're like, man, there's just no way. There's physically not enough room on the calendar for me to do that. And even if there was, I would be so busy doing networking that I wouldn't be able to show houses or attend closings. You're absolutely right. So you going to networking events will not get you to a tenfold increase in 30 days. That won't fix the problem. Keep trying. What else you got? And they usually break down again, because if it made sense, you'd already be doing it. How could you get your message in front of 4,000 people a month with your current resources. You can't afford to buy that many ads. We've covered that. You can't afford to do that many billboards. We covered that. You can't afford to do that many band designs. We covered that. How else can you get your message in front of that many people in a month without you personally going to 400 meetings? Well, I'm going to say social media marketing. <laughs> okay, social media. <laughs> that's what we All do. Right. Yeah, and it can be free. A team. 
and a team, yeah. Social um, media is an option. Brand ambassadors. Um, social media is an option. Obviously, there are some pickles there. There's either a learning curve for you. Um, so it's going to take you a month to figure out how to do that. That's true. Unless you hire Wingnut Social Media. You could hire Wingnut Social Media, <laughs> but odds are if you had the money to hire them, you would have hired them already. Uh, true. Then there's battling the whole social media algorithm, getting Facebook to start showing your posts to your clients and not your friends from high school. I'm not saying that's not an option. That's where my mind is going as yeah. a marketer. So, okay, if I have limited funds, given what I have, the tools available to me, I mean, I do have a very healthy uh, social network. Mm-hmm. That would be my resource, that and delegating my team as brand ambassadors to make that exponential, have them share and uh, what's in it for them. Give them some oh, incentive. whoa, whoa, whoa. You just cracked another piece of the puzzle. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said if I was in that pickle... I would need to lean on my team harder. And then you're like, but in order for me to lean on my team harder in a way that would make it scalable and effective, I currently couldn't pay them to do that. I would have to partner with them until we had raised the revenue to compensate them. I'd have to have a conversation. Did I say that? I'd have to enroll (laughs) them. I'd have to partner, barter, trade. Okay, this is a different conversation. We've now taken money off the table and we've now taken time off the table. Okay, so if you can't reach that many people on your own, who can you partner with? Who can you barter with? Who can you trade with? Who can you enroll with? Who can you share the vision with until they buy into it? This is how companies get built because somebody in Silicon Valley has an idea, but they don't know how to write computer code. So they go to the coder and they're like, here's the plan. Here's how we're going to pay you. We just can't pay you today. Do you believe in this vision? And the coder goes, yeah, I actually do believe in that vision. I'll put up this part of the code first. And when the first money comes in, I get dibs on that. And that's how they work it out. That's how they make these things happen. So we can take money off the table. We can take time off the table. Now we got to take the audience reach off the table. If you can't go to that many people and you don't have the money to hire a marketing agency, you could partner with a marketing agency. You could barter trade with a marketing agency. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they won't do that because they need money to pay their bills. Yes, they do. And that's why you have to cast a bigger vision that is compelling for them. That is one option. That's not the only option. You could take your message. I've got a a realtor in Michigan who does this. Changed her life. She stopped going one-on-one to build client relationships. She went to the local morning news and said, hey, if some of our homeowners would do this, it would increase their value And this time of the year is the best time to do it because of these factors. Would you like to do a story on that? And they're like, whoa, we had never heard of that. That's kind of creative. Yeah, let's do a story on that. So now she's on the morning news on a weekly basis, reaching thousands of people in her city. It takes 15 minutes of her time and she reaches thousands of people with her message. Because of that, she is seen as the go-to de facto expert in all matters real estate in her town. Takes 15 minutes of her time. Your town has radio stations, your town has podcasts, your town has articles, e-zines online and in print, and you could get your articles out there, you could get your face on the news, you could get your voice on the radio or podcast, you could partner with influencers in your town that have bigger followings than you do, share the vision with them with what's possible and joint partner up. Hey, we're going to do this and it's going to drive attention for your vision and this reason And it's going to raise funds for this nonprofit in this reason. Media loves nonprofit. They love covering, you know, funds and campaigns to raise that. So you get free media that way. So we're taking time off the table. We're taking money off the table. We're taking connection to resources off the table. I've just described this. And because I've described it and told you how to do it, you didn't get the benefit of it. But when you're on that bicycle and when your brain is going, it can't be done, And I'm keeping you on the bicycle until your brain rewires itself to see how it could be done if we took time and money off the table. Your head hurts, it does, but you also get that aha experience, just like you do when you're reading a book and you have a new thought that you've never had before and your brain goes, aha, oh my gosh. You have that experience because your brain is physically reconnecting neurons in a new network. And that's what creates that. In a nutshell, 
that's what mindset push-ups do. I have to tell you, that felt like more of a mindset CrossFit class than a push-up. <laughs> but I was there. I was in it. I was with you. I'm thinking, I was thinking through the problem, even though I let you carry most of it. But when I got in there and actually said, okay, shit, how would I do this? And I felt pretty proud of myself for at least getting something right there. But <laughs> Can I send Darla to you for a week or two? <laughs> would you take her? This, this is what we do. This is what we do. Yeah, that's what they, that's what I love. So that's just one example. So am I going to give you another like working smarter instead of working harder by saying, is it akin to going outside of the box? And just because going up on that ladder and looking at the cornfield is more like a big picture solution thinking. Or is that too cliche for you? Or are you going to yell at me? I don't think it is. The distinction is how are you accessing that bigger picture? I think that's the distinction. If you're accessing that bigger picture with what currently makes sense, no. If you're accessing it with something that challenges you, yes. And the situation we're in in our lives is something isn't working and the thing that would make a difference shows up as a bad idea or shows up as uncomfortable or scary or beneath you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How convenient, how convenient that it's beneath you to do that. You get to stay safe and you get to be right and your life still doesn't work. How convenient. I love it. That was excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Jared. I have to ask, before we get into the What Up Wingnut round, there's something else that I want to touch on here because this is something that I do daily and I know a lot of the audience listening does as well. And that is in the morning, I do my little gratitude journal and I'd set up my appointments and I do my to-do list yes. for the day. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we were talking uh, before the show, Olivia and I were talking that uh, you are dead set against to-do list and in fact, consider them the enemy. So let's just dig into that a little bit and then we'll get into the what up wing that round. Uh, in my opinion, it is uh, just my opinion, obviously you have to do what works for you, that uh, being focused on getting things done is why nothing is getting done and checking things off your to-do list actually lowers your income. Really? Okay. Yeah. Let's get Here's what's this. going Tell on. Tell us why. <laughs> um, well, we'll tackle first to-do list because to-do list is hailed as the solution to being focused on getting things done. And, and the belief yeah. is getting things done is what matters. Here's the problem. And this goes back into mindset. Mindset is a, a strategy, a specific way of thinking that produces a measurable result. The way of thinking is the more action, the more results. Working harder leads to success. Well, coal miners work hard and all they get in the end is emphysema. <laughs> yeah. Working harder, that strategic way of thinking just causes the brain to look for more work to do. And this is why you can make a to-do list in the morning and in the afternoon, it's just as long as it was because for everything you crossed off, you wrote something new on it. Yes. This is also why you keep copying the same things from day after day after day onto the to-do list, but they're not actually getting done because the brain gets dopamine in this particular mindset, this wiring. It gets pleasure in dopamine from checking things off the list. So it just looks for more things to check off the list. Here's why it doesn't work. Doing something does not address the reason it needed to be done to start with, which is why returning emails today doesn't prevent you from returning emails tomorrow, which is why showing houses today or sending proposals or writing contracts or fulfilling client orders doesn't prevent you from doing the same thing tomorrow. It doesn't move the ball forward. And that comfort and dopamine we get from checking it off our list is the distraction that keeps us stuck. Because on the surface, it makes sense. Who is going to argue that more action gets more results? The problem is it doesn't move the ball forward in a meaningful way. There's other ways of thinking that instead of looking for more things to do, cause more things to be done. Consequently, when you are working, you're working on things that scale and produce free time as a byproduct. Totally different way of thinking. Now that's on the using a to-do list and being focused on getting things done and how it actually keeps you stuck in that cycle. Now let's get to the income area. The more you're busy and happy and filled with dopamine and pleasure because you're checking things off your to-do list, the lower your income is. Here's why. Take a look at your to-do list and find me something on your to-do list that could not be delegated for 10 or $15 an hour, provided that person had the right system and was trained properly on how to push those buttons and pull those levers. I dare say 
that there is nothing on your to-do list that could not be outsourced for 10 or $15 an hour, provided the person had the right system to follow and was trained properly on how to follow it. What this means is that the more time you spend focused on checking things off your to-do list, the more excited you are about paying yourself the lowest amount possible. We're trading the pleasure of dopamine for what actually moves the ball forward. Wow. You just blew my mind a little, I have to tell you. And I'm beginning to realize, I think I'm a little bit of a dopamine addict. You're 100% right. And you are right. I can absolutely see what you're talking about here. And my mind is blown. I think the audience mind is blown too. We might need a second. (laughs) (laughs) That was very good. That was amazing, Jared. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that I maybe have forgotten to ask you that you feel that uh, we need to share with the audience before we get into the what up wingnut round based on uh, mindset? I would say if there was room for a sign on the wall in your office, I would like for that sign to say, if I'm doing the work, I'm falling behind. And if there was room on another wall in your office, I would like for that sign to say, the less I do, the more I make. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me now after listening. I know I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just sat there and listened. Yeah, I did. Too. This is the Jared Hanning show. And I know. I'm, I'm grateful. You just took over. This is awesome. I love it. Natalie is a doer. Natalie always has to be doing, 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 doing things too. So To I think, a fault. To a fault. I think that this set off some light bulbs for you right now. I, I've bit. got some yeah. light bulbs. There's not much up there, but I do have some. <laughs> She's low wattage. <laughs> All right, Jared, now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Yes, I am seated, I am prepared, lay it on me. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a cherry tree. The reason is cherry trees take a couple years before they bear fruit. So in the years leading up, the pre-fruit years, if we can call them that, I had some of those myself, yeah, the pre-fruit years. Yeah. They are misunderstood. Well, maybe that's not a cherry tree. Well, maybe that's not a valuable tree. In the post-fruit years, life happens. And there are times that a cherry tree can be mature and still not bear fruit. Well, what's wrong with this tree? Maybe it's not a valuable tree. Maybe it's not a cherry tree. But here's the deal. If you make your living as a finished carpenter building fine furniture, it was a cherry tree all along. If you make your living as a doctoral student writing research papers on variations in the DNA strands amongst cherry varieties, and your life is a microscope in a basement and a category chart of labels and phylum and class, it was a cherry tree all along. It's only if you are a fruit farmer that you begin to question, and is there drama? So I would be a cherry tree because I think that helps us to see that what we say is real is actually just a reflection of the way we're viewing the world. All right, that's it. Show's over. That's, mm. I can't top that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best answer to the tree question we've had on the show in two years now. What do you I say? I totally yeah. agree. All right. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Safety third. Safety <laughs> third. <laughs> if you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? Invisibility. Our view of reality is not true. It's just a reflection of the window we happen to be gazing out. When you look through the back window of your house, you see trees and birds and rabbits, and you say, there are trees and birds and rabbits outside. And you're absolutely right, there are. When you look through the front row of your house, you see a mailman and cars and people riding their bicycles. And you say, there are mailmen and cars and people riding their bicycles outside. And you're absolutely right, there are. That does not mean for a second that you were wrong for looking out the back window. It just means what you say is the truth is limited to the window you're looking through. If I could have one superpower, it would be invisibility because my belief, not having had that superpower before, is that it would expand the windows I can look through, which would change my experience of reality. Wow. Okay, last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, not to be confused with The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Stephen Pressfield in The War of Art has this way of kicking you in the teeth and making you say, thank you, please do it again. Um, (laughs) Love The War of Art. That was The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? Yes, very short read. It consists of like 
half of page with one paragraph on it. And you'll spend the rest of the day chewing on that page, afraid to turn. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely going to add that to my book queue here. All right. So, Jared, please tell the listeners listening in where they can go to find out more information about uh, mind scans and your your awesome sauce coaching, and then we will bid you adieu. But first off, I would say thank you for having me on Wingnut Social. For those of you that took time out to listen, thank you for that. I appreciate you gifting us uh, a few minutes of your attention. I hope you found some value that you could take out and don't consider it a colossal waste. I would <laughs> caveat that in this short time and and, and cramming a lot of opportunity and insights, I might have come off sounding a bit curt or harsh. This is not my normal personality. Uh, To get a taste of that, you can check me out at mindsetperformance.co. If you enjoyed this way of thinking, this kind of viewpoints of the world and how they open up new opportunities for your life and love and relationships and finance, mindsetperformance.co, you can check out the podcast. We talk more about this. We interview seven, eight, nine figure earners. We look at their thinking patterns and talk about their thinking patterns. If you'd like to learn more about the mindset pushups, also mindsetperformance.co, you can get the executive summary for the book that walks you through some of those. If you're interested in taking the mind scan for yourself, you do not even have to be a client of mine to take the mind scan. You can try it for yourself. See if you think what it reveals about the opportunities in your mindset and your life make a sense for you to pursue. I do Warn you slightly, though, that 30% of the people who take the mind scan are in tears because they find it so emotionally meaningful. And 100% of the people who apply what it reveals 100% of the way experience a breakthrough in their life, usually doubling their revenue by learning how to work half as many hours. I know that is a crazy claim. Sounds like a no-brainer. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you slick, I was like, Jared, thank you so much for joining. This has been a terrific episode, and I actually did have some aha moments, even though I didn't actually ride the bike today, but I can see where that would lead. You have been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Natalie and Jeff. Yes, Jethro. I really just kind of sat back. I could listen to Jared all day. You know... We talked about this uh, right before we recorded this outro here, kind of in the green room when we were wrapping that up. And you know how you always say that everything kind of happens for a reason and all of this. And I think his episode is something you and I needed to hear today. I mean, even from a business aspect of it and that work harder, not smarter. That's something that we've kind of ingrained. No, wait. Work smarter. Oh, yeah. Work smarter. (laughs) You know, that's me and my dyslexia. Sorry, but you know. Yeah, it's dyslexia. It is dyslexic. That's something like that. It was great because if you think about it and you truly think about what he had to say, it it makes sense. But yet you still have to do your homework. You still have to do the hard stuff. Well, I tell you what, the mindset push up, the mindset CrossFit class, the exercise. I'm tired from that. It was such an impossible problem, right? If you think about it on the outset, if you have four closings a month to 40 closings a month, you're brain immediately thinks, oh, that's not possible. Yeah, it's not possible. I don't have enough time. There's not enough time in a day. But you could see by the end of that problem solving, it was entirely possible. It's just in the way you look at it and the way, you know, the solutions are definitely outside of your normal realm of thinking. Why, why are you making faces? I just had a light bulb. Oh, 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 okay. We'll share it. Remind me. Go ahead. Here it is. Okay, so I'm going to say this right on the air. So you know how we've been discussing here at Wingnut Social that we really need to branch out and bring someone in for sales. Yes. And what did he say about the barter system? So why don't we branch out, find somebody that does sales, and in return, do their social media? (laughs) Okay, yeah, that could be. I mean, that's the barter system. That's basically what he's saying. Um, Okay, yeah. To go from four to 40, you barter. You take out the monetary value because if mm-hmm. you're a realtor, you can't afford to pay. Did, were you listening? Yes. No, no, no. In this scenario for the mindset push-up, that realtor, that realtor the money that. wasn't an issue. So I'm saying, money why, don't, why yeah. don't we try a few of those push-ups? Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's just, why not? Then start we thinking, yeah. Start thinking outside the box. Mm, get on that ladder. Look get at that cornfield. Look at that corn maze because we haven't been able to find the, our right sales fit. We haven't. We so if yet. anybody knows anybody about sales, I mean, we're looking, we've been <laughs> we, looking. We are looking for an experienced digital marketing person who has experience working with an agency for sales because I'm doing it and I'm okay at it, but I'm not the best at it, and nor do I have the time. I'm telling you, my DPI team. And what team, did you just say about time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My D, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Know, I'm sorry. I just had no, to share that little it. bit of inside I'm just going to go over to his website. And and there you go. I'm going over to his website. And okay. Him. Knock it out. Forget it. <laughs> All right, Natalie. I think that's it, right? Are you ready for 2020 to just get its ass out the door? All the way around. Yeah, right? All the way around. But like I was saying in the... Oh, you know what? This is what I forgot to say about Jared, how Jared caught my attention. This is an aside, but I want to tell you guys listening, this really works. Oh, this I forgot to tell you this. And I told you to remind me and you didn't remind me. Jared reached out to me on Facebook messaging about this topic to be on the podcast. Now, I had no exposure to Jared. I had never heard of Jared before. And I get a lot of these messages in my inbox. But what he did that was different than what anyone else does is he sent me a bonjoro. If you guys remember, last year we did an, was it last year or year before, we did an episode on Bonjoro. And what it is, it's a little video messaging app to get my attention. And it's a personal, it was a personalized video message to me in my Facebook Messenger. And the still shot, the thumbnail of it was him holding a sign with my name on it. It said Darla. So I'm like, oh, this is very specific. And I clicked on it and played it. And it was his whole pitch to be on the show. Done freaking deal. I was so impressed with his hustle and the way he did that. And then look where we are. We had an amazing episode. So that was great. If you guys can uh, go in the show notes, wingnutsocial.com, check out the podcast there and look in the show notes for that episode on the Bonjoro app. It was very effective. And he did it in the 100% right way. So anyway, I forgot to say that. You forgot to remind me. So that's it for today's show, guys. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you need help with marketing your high-end interior design firm, your travel and tourism business, hospitality business, or even luxury automotive, or seriously, anything high-end luxury, we are here to help you. one 877 wingnut Give us a call or shoot us an email to Darla at wingnutsocial.com, and we will be happy to help you out. And I think that's it for today, Nat. Got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Your computer kicked me out because I wasn't touching it enough. I don't have your login. That's what she said. (laughs) I don't read. (laughs) A little aspirational. Oh, no. I know you don't read. It's not that you can't, though, right? Well. Well, okay. Can I ask a question here? Like, maybe from legitimacy here. Can you raise your hand? Okay, I got my hand raised. So You in the back. Good boy, Mango.